Thank you for listening to the Calvary Church Podcast. If this ministry has been a blessing to you, would you let us know? Send an email to mystory@toledocalvary.org. We would love to hear what God is doing in your life today. Formerly serving in Togo, West Africa, with the Pan-African School of Theology, and now calling Madagascar home, we are thrilled to have Jim and Meg Thacker with us this week. Well, good morning, Calvary. You are here for the beginning of a really special week for our Mission Summit. Let me highlight just two other things from that video you just saw. First of all, men, on Saturday morning at 8 o'clock, this Saturday morning, we're going to have what we call our Joshua Project. You've maybe heard us talk about this before. It's a, it's a group designed for men to develop as leaders in the home and in the workplace and in the church. On Saturday, our guest will be Michael McNamee. And uh, so, guys, I would encourage you, if you can, come out and join us 8 o'clock in the Connection Center this coming Saturday. And then next Sunday morning, if you're not familiar with Michael McNamee, I want to encourage you, you do not not want to be here. Uh, it is going to be a great, that's a double negative, which just means just be here. And uh, it's going to be uh, a real treat. And uh, we are also privileged, uh, Michael will be speaking next week because we're going to be doing our global project in 2017 working with Michael. We've done that uh, multiple times before in the past, and we're excited about this. If you're, if you're new to Calvary, this launches our Mission Summit. This is a hugely important week for us as we look at what God is doing around the world. Uh, it is exciting for us to, to share with you, and you'll hear more as the week goes on. And it's fun because, you know, when you get to introduce your friends to your friends and you get, to, you get to meet people maybe you didn't meet before. And we're going to have a chance to do that this morning and talk about what God's doing all over the world. Would you give a great big Calvary welcome? We've already heard about them. But would you welcome Jim and Meg Thacker to the platform this morning? Jim and Meg, it is such a privilege to have you with us back at Calvary. I know uh, we've had a long-term relationship and uh, even have had the opportunity um, to, uh, to, to, to be together in Madagascar not that long ago, uh, which was a really special treat for me to have been there. Um, one of the things that's interesting is in the States, when we think of Madagascar, we think of a cartoon, right? For the most part. Tell us a little bit about the place where God has called you to minister. We like to call Madagascar, it is an island country, but we like to call it the Big Island because most people don't realize how big Madagascar really is. It's the fourth largest island in the world, and if you could position it in a map of the United States from north to south, Madagascar would stretch all the way from Minneapolis, Minnesota in the north to Houston, Texas in the south. Wow. It's a very large island, yeah. and it's a very spiritually needy country. For several reasons. One, according to the World Bank, it's the sixth poorest nation in the world in which the average family will have to exist on less than $400 a year. It's also a very spiritually needy country as over 82% of the people, the majority of the people are animist, which means they worship the spirits of their dead ancestors. Uh, through the medium and control of witch doctors. So it's an extremely needy place, and that's why we're there to help bring Jesus to the lost people. And that was something, like, even when we were there, the opportunity to see both the spiritual, I'd say darkness, emptiness, but as well the hunger when presented with the truth yes. and the power of the gospel to change people's lives. And people hungry for that. 
you've been in missions for many years, not that long in Madagascar. Correct. You, you went there very specifically with a, with a role in mind. Tell us about that. Well, our leadership in Madagascar asked us to go to there because of the type of ministry my wife are often involved in. We like to do evangelism, reaching out to lost and unreached people through church planting. And the way we go about that is through raising up leaders, multiplying leaders who are, are effective, and we imprint upon them our ministry DNA, our vision, so that as they go out to plant churches focusing on unreached areas, that the Great Commission can be fulfilled because if, uh, in that way, many, many people come to know Jesus. As a result of this, in the last three years, over 52 new churches have been planted in areas that were previously unevangelized. You said something really interesting there, and I think it's, it's, worth, it's worth talking about for a minute. When you talk about multiplying leaders yes. and, and the power of that, uh, talk to us about that a little bit. Well, we believe that if my wife and I have done this before, if we go out and plant a church, we plant one church, and that is good. But we have a vision of multiplying the harvest because there's so many lost people in the world, so many unreached. And if, one, if the harvest is dependent on just one, it's going to be a very slow process. So we believe if we can raise up and multiply effective leaders with our vision imprinted on them and our ministry DNA, then we will be able to multiply how effectively and how quickly we can go out to do the harvest. Also, it's a lot easier for the, uh, the national people to go into areas in the jungle, in the forest. Uh, quite honestly, I don't feel like crawling through the jungle anymore. So, <laughs> it's, uh, I mean, food, it's easier for them. <laughs> uh, traveling, they understand the culture. We don't. It's a new culture to us. It's where Africa meets Asia. We call Madagascar Afrasia. So because the original um, pirates <laughs> came from Indonesia and the original settlers were Indonesian. So we have a blend of cultures. It's Afrasian. And is that one of the church planters on your shoulder? That's right. Okay, okay. <laughs> He represents Madagascar, so that's why we carry him with us. <laughs> it says Makikati in the Malagasy language. Uh, Madagascar was a French colony, but all the people speak Malagasy. So this is Makikati, the ringtail lemur, from Madagascar 1, 2, and 3. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we just have... A minute, and, I, and we didn't talk about this question, but I, th I think it's important. Like, one last question. The, the opportunity that I had to be there, um, the evening that we were together, Meg, you, you fell and broke your knee? Yes, I did. I broke my leg and my... And, um, and I had nothing to do with it, just for the record. I, I, I probably <laughs> should... should um, <laughs> um, You've not had an easy road since then. I would, I would even venture to say that missions work is not always an easy road. I know that for you, for your family, it's, it's been a journey. We often say to the church, please don't forget to pray for the missionaries. Yes. Does it matter? 
Very much so. Um, when I fainted into your arms, that sounds wonderful. There's a story there, okay? <laughs> Look, I my reputation's down. on the line now, lady, all right? I love it, I love it. Okay. Uh, I... I fell, I broke my knee, and these men were kind enough to carry me back to the house, and that's when I fainted. <laughs> anyway, um, I have been held at gunpoint in our home. I have faced major medical problems where what they fixed had to be refixed. <laughs> um, your prayers make all the difference in the world. Please remember to pray for your missionaries. Quite honestly, we need your money, but we need your prayers more. <laughs> you know, we need your prayers more than, than anything else. Thank you. And uh, before we're done here, we're going to do that today um, for all of our guests we are honored that you would spend this week with us, and uh, we look forward to having the opportunity to hearing even more uh, from, from you guys this week. Calvary, would you show your support and appreciation to the Thackers this morning? Thanks for hitting the curveball. Thank you. The Clausens travel the world sharing their inspiring music and the message of Jesus Christ. We are excited to partner with Edward and Christine as they change the world through the power of music and the good news of a risen Savior. First of all, I wanted to say thank you, Calvary, for being a great missions church. As I look out today, I see so many folks who do pray, who do give, who are interested in those who are going. So thank you for your commitment. And it's so great to have Edward and Christine Clausen with us. Uh, I met them a year ago. They came uh, to minister to our boomers and beyond uh, at a dinner. And I heard Edward's story. And I sat in the chapel and I said to myself, Bill, our next mission summit, we've got to have the Clausens with us. And so, uh, Edward, you're not a missionary. However, you were impacted by a missionary. Would you share that story with us today? Sure, thank you so much, first of all, for having us here uh, on this beautiful uh, Sunday morning. What a privilege to be in the house of the Lord, seeing missionaries sitting here uh, who put money into the offering plate, people like you who prayed for missionaries. We lived in a little mud house 1,200 miles south of the Amazon River, poor, barely food on the table, religious people warming up the church benches on a Sunday morning. Now, I just want to back up a little bit on that story. I hope you will understand my English. English is my uh, language number six, and I had four English lessons in my life. The rest my wife taught me. She did a pretty good job, didn't she? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as far as I know, my mom's side uh, comes from, um, from Holland, my dad's side from Germany. 1874, my ancestors moved from Europe to Manitoba, Canada, settled in the prairies, Old Colony Mennonites, horse and buggy people. In 1927, they decided to move away from the modern society to isolate themselves from the modern world. Paraguay, South America, was the only country who let them in. 1,600 people stepped into a train in Manitoba, just north of North Dakota, and went to New York City. From there, they took a big ship all the way to Buenos Aires, Argentina. 
And from there, they took a smaller boat up the Paraguayan River, 1,000 miles northwest, deep into the South American continent. Here in the jungles of South America, one day they had to got, get off of that little boat. They had no, no cars, nothing. With machete, spade, and axe, they hacked themselves into the jungle to settle a settlement, 320 miles away from the nearest city. Before the first year of settlement was behind them, 126 people had died, including my great-grandma. Soon they realized, and here it's becoming interest, soon they realized they weren't alone in the jungle. There were seven wild Indian tribes roaming the Paraguayan Chaco. These wild Indians had no homes, they had no schools, they had no cities, they were nomads. If a, if a, family, if a family could have only one child, if they had a second or third one, they got rid of it. If an older person couldn't make it anymore with the group, she or he would dig a hole and sit in it and wait till somebody would come and close it up. My great-grandparents made friends with them, traded food and clothes with them, and learned their language. We learned to live with them, and they learned to live with us. But we didn't know the Lord. We were just religious people, warming up the church benches on a Sunday morning. We had no music in our church. It was sin to play music. One day, some fancy people came from Canada, from the United States, people as you have sitting right here in the church today. This kind of people came to my mud house. I will never forget it. We as young people sitting at the back of the church, about 200 of us, sitting and soaking it in like a dry foam. This fancy people told us that church membership is not a highway to heaven, that only through Jesus would make it up there. These missionaries encouraged us and told us that we, young people, had a gift from God that we should use it before we die. We were listening. I thought to myself, I don't have a gift. All my neighbors are smart people, just not me. But God said, Edward, you will go. And I make a long story very short here. When I was 20 years old, I left the jungle for the big city for the first time in my life. A city with pavement roads, sidewalks, and traffic lights. Here I learned to play music at the Paraguayan Music Academy. In this city, I learned my, first, my fifth language. Never in my life had I dreamt that one day I would travel the world and playing in more than 30 countries and doing the concerts in four different languages. And through the grace of God, we have done now just about four and a half thousand concerts in all. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for doing missions. Thank you so much for putting that money into the offering plate for praying for those missionaries who were not welcome in my colony when I was little. Today, my colony has 10,000 people. It has all been changed. We have mission teams all over the country of Paraguay and the Spanish language bringing the gospel to those who never heard it. My Indian friends I grew up with, with whom I, with whom I um, was digging for armadillos in a bush and baking them and eating them, one of my buddy Indian friends has just become a doctor and Madison. Thank you for doing missions. This is what happens when you pray for those people who are out there in the mission field. I received it at the other, one, at the other end. I have no words to describe it, who, how awesome it is from religious, from just warming up the church benches to be on fire for our Savior who died for our sins once and for all. Amen. So, 
You can see why I wanted to have Edward and Christine come and be a part of our Mission Summit this year. So thank you. And let me encourage you to be with us tomorrow night. Some people have asked me, Edward, why are we having a harp concert during our Missions Week? That's the, mu that's the, uh, the music that Edward and Christine share with and minister all around the world. Tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. Coffee and cookies here at the church, meet our missionaries, and then at 8 o'clock in the chapel, uh, Edward and Christine will be sharing a concert with us. Bring your kids, bring your family, you all come and we'll have a great time. Edward, I've got one, one last question for you. You know, I know that there's people sitting here today, listening today, who are wrestling in their own heart with, is God calling me to, to do something? And it may be to go into the jungle of South America, or it could be to take a step of faith in sharing their faith with someone in their workplace. If you, You've seen the value of someone taking that step of faith. If someone's kind of wrestling in their heart with what God may be calling them to do, how would you encourage them? I would love to encourage you not to think you can't do it. Listen, brothers and sisters, if God can do it with me, he can do it with anyone. I never saw a pavement road till I was 15. Brothers and sisters, if the Lord is calling you, he can do great things with you, amazing things. And he wants to do it today. He wants you on fire for him. Go and bring the gospel. You don't have to go to Africa. You don't have to go to Paraguay. You can do it right here in your own city or around the globe. God will do great things. Do it, please. We soon will walk into a city with golden streets in heaven. Now is the time to walk to wake up and work together as brothers and sisters from different denominations. If the Lord is calling you, go. Let's go together for Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. 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 Calvary, would you show your appreciation to Edward and Christine today? Thank you. Hey, thank you very much. Thank you, Edward. Thank you. Andy and Heather Erickson are the leaders of Dayton Chi Alpha. They are a diverse family of students from Wright State, Sinclair, and the University of Dayton. They reach students in a crucial part of their lives. Andy describes them as a family that is passionate about following Jesus with their whole hearts and living this out with students around them. It is great to welcome the Ericsons with us today. Thank you. Uh, this is uh, missionaries that our team, our committee, has just approved for support here at Calvary, and uh, they are Chi Alpha directors in the Dayton area. So yep. tell us, uh, what what is Chi Alpha? Yeah, that's a great question. I had no idea uh, when I went to college what Chi Alpha was either. Uh, but Chi Alpha is the missionary outreach to colleges and universities, and so. We have a few main purposes of what we do. Uh, the main thing that we do is we want to reach lost students on the campus. Um, another thing that we get to do is encourage and equip Christian students that are already on the campus. Third thing that we get to do is to reach international students because there's lots of international students that come to our American universities. And uh, lastly, we don't want to just do great things on the campus. We want to send out leaders, uh, leaders in the community, leaders around the world. And that's what we get to do. So We certainly believe in Chi Alpha and are so privileged to be able to partner with many Chi Alpha ministries around the country. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the university campus, why is that a mission field? Yeah. You wanna? It's been said that the secular university is the most strategic and possibly the largest mission field in the world. We 
have men and women from across the globe, young adults that are getting an education, and m the m vast majority of them are coming onto the campus without a relationship with Jesus. And it's a time in their lives where they are figuring out who they are, what they're going to believe, their ideas are being shaped, and they're m making choices on how they're going to leave their mark on the world. And so it's our hope that we can come alongside that in these crucial moments and bring the gospel. Because our we believe that the more they understand who God is and what their relationship with Jesus is, the more they'll understand themselves and the more their impact will have eternal ramifications. We are talking about leaders of the world, politicians and doctors and lawyers, these people who are going to shape our culture. Culture is being shaped historically yeah. from the college campus. Yeah. We say that if something happens in the world, it happens on Berkeley first, <laughs> you know? And we feel that. It did not take long for things that were happening in, around our country to start happening on our campus in Dayton. We're talking about Wright State University, the small little campus. But just last week, we saw just the, the young voices crying out, saying, we want justice. We don't understand racial tension. And there were demonstrations on campus, and there were people on tables, and voices we hadn't heard before. But they're, they're young, and they're vibrant, and they're looking to bring reconciliation to the world in their own way. And we want to come alongside that with the gospel and empower them to do that. You know, as you approach now a new school year, um, as leaders of Chi Alpha with your ministry, what, what's, what's your greatest challenge? Yeah, I would say one of our greatest challenges is actually presenting the gospel with students because most of the students on the college campus, they've had some experience with church or they've had some experience with maybe a Christian friend. And so when you talk to them about God, uh, they think they know him. They think they've tried him. They think they've uh, been disappointed with God and that they're not interested anymore. And so one of the greatest challenges that we have is spending enough time with them, having them to have that moment when we can actually explain the gospel to them, explain who Jesus really is, not just that he was a historical figure, but that he was a real, real person, really walked, he really was God, and uh, having the opportunity to explain that to them. And uh, a lot of them have been disenfranchised with religion. They've tried it. They're not interested, um, but they, they are definitely open to the gospel. But the biggest challenge is actually being able to present that in a moment. Just last week, well, I guess it was four weeks ago now, so about a month ago, right before our main service on campus, we have a midweek service, I was setting up a sign outside, and there was this young lady sitting near me, and I just felt like, oh, I want to talk to her. But then you have to start the conversation. I've never met her before. It's 15 minutes before our service starts, but I just I wanted to talk to her. And so over a conversation about cigarettes, that's how I struck up the conversation, you know, she opened up about how she does not consider herself a religious person, but she's very spiritual. And she wants to figure out who God is and how she can experience God. And here I am from a Pentecostal background, and I was like, I have experienced God before. And she's like, tell me more. And just last week at Starbucks, we met up again, and she invited me into her life saying, I've never had someone who would teach me about the Bible, but you're a pastor, and you do that, right? 
And I said, we can have these spiritual conversations as much as you want, and I will teach you about the Bible. And she's like, all right. Hmm. You know, and here's this girl who's having spiritual experiences but would not call herself a Christian or religious. But a personal relationship with her will bring her closer to Jesus. Absolutely. And you've brought two college students with you today, right? Yes. Uh, (laughs) Youngest members. Yeah. This is our daughter, Adelaide. She's four years old. And our son, Finian, he's just two months. And so they're the youngest members of Chi Alpha. And uh, they're, gonna be, they're great missionaries as well. Actually, Ad- Adelaide, we had a party on campus. And uh, we were inviting a bunch of people to the, wo- uh, the party at the woods. And she was around us. And she kind of, you know, walked off a little bit. And she looked over some college students. She said, hey, everybody, we're having a party. You guys should come. And, and so they did. They did. So... <laughs> If she can do it, if she can do it, anybody can anybody do it. Anybody can so, do it. It's awesome. And, and Finian's right at home because I've seen him do some killer yawns three times yeah. <laughs> sitting there, which is what I see all the time on Sunday mornings. Perfect. And so that <laughs> He's been is awesome. Right in, buddy. Um, one, one last question in, in 30 seconds or sure. less. You, you talked about so much the value of relationship yeah. that that evangelism doesn't always happen in a drive-by. Exactly. Encourage us in that. For Yeah. How do you do that? Well, I think one of the greatest things that students or people who don't know Jesus can see is they can see the gospel through us. And so we all have the ability to actually meet people, interact with people. And so what we do on campus is not very complicated. It's very simple. It's just loving people. It's being with them. We have a lot of meals on campus. We have a lot of coffee with people. And so that's one of our passions is to equip people to do that. And so everybody here, everybody listening can easily do that. Just embrace people and spend time with them. And having them get to know you has, helps them get to know who Jesus is as well. So, Kyrie, would you show your appreciation for this family today? We're going to invite the ushers to come at this time, and we're going to wait on you for this morning's tithes and offerings, just a couple of things uh, as we prepare. I hope you will look at your calendar and even prepare your own heart. As we talked last week, uh, we are encouraging you and kind of calling the church to a fast October 11th through the 13th, that Tuesday through Thursday, uh, in, just, uh, in just the week after this week. Um, we're going to pray for our nation leading up to the election. We want to pray for our church. We'll talk a little bit more about that even next week, but would encourage you to look at your calendar and plan to join us for those, uh, those three days as we spend some time in prayer and fasting. Um, and want to thank you for your faithfulness in giving, um, whether you be here in uh, the sanctuary or watching online, even those that are joining us in the chapel today, your giving makes a difference. And so many times when we talk about tithes and offering, you're familiar with that term tithe. It's that one-tenth of what God gives to us that we give back to him to support the local church. And then our offerings are where we pray and say, God, what would you have for us to do? And it's those offerings that are making the difference that you're hearing about today. As we have the opportunity to partner with each of these missionaries to invest in the life change that you're hearing about, you have the chance to, to know that the way that you give in obedience to the Lord is making a difference for eternity And we thank you for that. We have the privilege here at Calvary of partnering with 152 missionaries or ministries here locally and around the world. Um, That's a unique opportunity that God's given to us. And we want to thank you in obedience for making that possible. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for your faithfulness to us. And now as we give back to you, we ask that you take these gifts, that you bless them. And Lord, that you'd use them to build and further your kingdom. 
We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to Calvary. We're so excited that you've taken the time to be with us this weekend. We especially want to welcome those of you who may be worshiping with us for the very first time. If you are new here to Calvary, please take the time to stop by our Connection Center after service. Members of our team will be there and would love to take just a few moments to get to know you, answer any questions that you may have about the church. If you've started attending Calvary in the last six months or so and haven't been to a new people party yet, this is your chance. Our next New People Party is October 14th at 6.30 p.m. This is an awesome chance for you to meet and hear the heart of our pastors, learn a little bit more about the church, get to know some new people, and even take a tour of the building. Your entire family is welcome, and we'll even provide dinner. All you need to do is fill out an RSVP card at the event desk or jump on our website, ToledoCalvary.org, click on events, and get you and your whole family signed up for a night that's a lot of fun. Connect groups are groups that meet once a week for the next six weeks to do life together. We talk about what's going on in our lives, discuss things that we've been talking about in the previous weeks, and get time to pray together. This is a great chance for you to connect with people like you, grow in your faith, and make some really meaningful friendships. Our new semester of Connect Groups begins on October 16th, and you can start signing up next Sunday. Another exciting thing coming up at Calvary is the Fall Carnival on October 22nd from 12 to 2 p.m. This is an event that we cannot do without you. Calvary Kids is throwing a huge fall party. And we need your help. First of all, fall. Calvary Kids is throwing a huge fall party. And we need your help. First of all, fall carnival is going to be a blast. We need your help to make it happen. The carnival will have food stuck in candy. Hey, rides and pumpkin decorated. Cleaning prizes. Oh, did I mention candy? That's where you heard. We can make this happen without you. Next time you're in the grocery store, to pick up a bag of candy. And bring it back to church with you. Rub it off in the corner in the atrium. Make sure to bring all your kills. Have first ever on carnival. October 22nd. From 12 to 2 p.m. You do not want to miss out on all the fun. Brad and Rhonda Walls arrived in Argentina in 1989 and have been serving in Latin America ever since. Their mission is to develop strong mission-setting programs and are now serving as the presidents of the Latin America Missions Network. We are thrilled to have Brad and Rhonda Walls with us this week. When you leave today, you will be given a postcard. On that postcard, there will be three other ministries that we want you to be acquainted with. First of all, one of your favorites is coffee, right? 
uh, Mission Arabica coffee is coffee that we provide in our cafe, and that coffee uh, provides uh, sponsorship to students in the language school in Southeast Asia. So stop by uh, the table today and purchase some product from Mission Arabica. As well, we have a representative from Water for Ishmael. Uh, Vicki is at a table, and she wants to talk to you how you can invest in a student here by just talking with them. Conversational partners is a great way for you to be able to share life with someone who is visiting somewhere from around the world but studying here in Toledo. So stop by Vicki's table today. And then many of you know about Operation Christmas Child. That's the shoebox ministry of Samaritan's Purse. We have boxes ready for you today to pick up and bless a child somewhere around the world. So thank you so much uh, for your commitment again to missions. You know, one of, the, one of the fun parts about the opportunity that we have to connect with missionaries is that um, sometimes people are missionary guests and sometimes they weasel their way into your heart and become family. And uh, that is, weasel probably wasn't the right word. Sorry, Brad. But, uh, but that, uh, that is exactly uh, what Brad and Rhonda Walls have become for us. If you've been around Calvary maybe 10 years or so, you would remember that the Wallses have lived three times in the missions home that we have uh, here. Would you give them a great welcome back this morning? It is, it is so good to have you here, and, and God has called you to a very unique role in missions. Brad, how many countries have you been to? Been in 117 countries, which is, some has got a missionary has been in five countries more than Hillary Clinton, which, which is amazing, amazing thing. Praise God. Um, that's, that's a stat right there. Don't fly like she does, but been, yeah, 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 I'm sure, I'm sure. Well, it is, and, and your ministry is so unique in that what God has called you to do is um, to, to, to go beyond kind of being a missionary to raising up missionaries. Help, yeah. us, help us to understand. Yeah. First of all, Pastor Chad, if I could come back to your first comment and just say thank you for the house those three times. It's very special for us. It meant so much. It was a key part for our life. And it's so wonderful to see familiar faces, but it's equally exciting to see faces we don't recognize because that's also means the church has continued to grow in these past five years. But um, if we've had an incorrect paradigm in some areas of missions because we've gotten so much of it right it's that we've had this mentality that mission starts with money the west has money the west does missions when god's paradigm would be the church does missions and it's not limited to 10 western countries so we've had the opportunity to wear three hats and the argentina one kind of gave way to the other ones and so i always show this poster in the past and some of you've seen it where we started out with just a vision and the church said we're poor we can't do it and today we have a 170 Argentine missionaries in 43 nations. So, and, um, and you know what? Every one of those 152 missionaries you support have their own, their own incredible story. And some of them maybe have gone to a Muslim country and won two people to the Lord, and yet they've done something that I could not have done. And so every one of them have their own story. So that hat gave way to the Latin America which we started in 1998, and the reason they use Nike is because Latins are real emotional, so you'd go in there and challenge them, you can do it, oh, we need to do it, we need to do it, come back a year later, oh, we need to do it, we need to do it, we say, sometimes we need to have a Nike theology and just do it, and so, um, 
So helping Latin America, and right now I would say that Latin America is a beautiful missions DNA. Every Latin country is moving forward, and every Latin country wants to do it. And, and probably about Latin America in this area would probably be about 20 years ahead of Africa and about 10 years ahead of Asia Pacific. And so that's where the Lord allowed me in 2009. Uh, Dr. Wood of the World Assembly of God asked us to begin to work on a world level officially, and the official title is kind of the missions co chairman of the Missions Commission for the World Assemblies of God Fellowship, but an indirect uh, thing would be uh, Mission Czar, a third world Mission Czar, helping to change the paradigm of the receivers, those who have received so much from the United States and Canada and Australia that have the potential to be senders. And so we now have 96 countries that have a missions leader department of some kind, and that's why we're working with those 96 countries now going forward and actually giving up this hat, leaving Argentina and basing out of the U.S. going forward because of travel to 96 countries. Well, and we had, we had had the opportunity to know Brad and Rana, to talk with them about what God had called them to do, but it was about a year and a half ago that Pastor Bill and I were able to be with you in Thailand for a world, the Fourth World Missions Congress. So there were missionaries there from literally all over the yeah, world. we had 70 countries represented. And, and people that are going out all over the world and doing ministry, and God has given you tremendous influence to speak into what's happening on a, on a global level, and I, I will forever now refer to you as my mission czar. I think that's, uh, that's a great term. Rhonda, we've, we've had the privilege of, of knowing your family, watching your kids really grow up in, 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 uh, in ways here at Calvary. What's your passion for the future? Well, personal passion would be to be a grandma, but that's not happening anytime soon. <laughs> but the passion of my heart has not changed one bit from when the Lord called me to be a missionary. And it's our heart and our desire to see the nations come to Jesus. And one of my favorite verses is, says, ask of me and I will give the nations as your inheritance. And with every new missionary that goes out from a third world country that we have direct link with, I say, Lord, I thank you. That's my inheritance because they're going to do great things that I could never do. And that I loved one of the missionaries early was talking about multiplying our forces. You know, as a Western world, we're not going to win the the whole world to Jesus. We need every nation to become a cinder nation so we can reach the world. And my heart and my passion is that Muslim block that it would fall and there would be many Muslims that come to worship at Jesus' feet. Amen. You have a perspective on the world from, from what you've seen, the way that God has allowed you to, to participate in sending people literally from all over the world to go all over the world. We, we apologize in just a moment. We're going to have to cut the, the live stream that goes out online because we're going to talk about some sensitive things um, that really can't uh, go out on, on the Internet in that sense. But before we get to that, Brad, could you give us a sense of what you see that God's doing around the world? You know, you, you mentioned the, the Muslim bloc. You, you know that there's, there's, there's a unique season that we're in in the church. Yeah, the... the some people ask, is God raising up these missionaries from other countries because he's done with the American? I say, that's a foolish, negative response to the positive thing. God is not raising up people from other countries because he's done using the United States. It's just that we, the, the, the last day harvest will be too big for any one country to bring in on, his, on their own. 
And so the Lord is raising a part. And plus, it's his will. He never said America win the world. He said church. And so God's used America to impact the world. But he wants to use the church to win the world. So we have now 8,000 missionaries being sent out from those 96 countries. But most of them are still, you know, half of those 96 are brand new. So the potential is going forward. And Argentina just hit one missionary for every nine churches. If we could do that on a world level, we would have 40,000 missionaries. If we could do that on a world level. Because the Assemblies of God is the largest Protestant work in the world. Most people don't realize we're part of something huge. We're the largest Protestant we're uh, a church body in the world in a practical sense. And, uh, and so we have this great opportunity and this great responsibility. And, uh, and then be, as God is raising up a new generation, because for Argentina, it's their first generation. They don't have a past history. So God is raising up a, a, a first generation of new sender, of new, go, new uh, um, people to go, beautiful feet we call them. But then it's exciting to see God continue to raising up those new generations from the United States because God is not done using the United States. He's passing on that anointing, that DNA to a new generation because he's not done using the United States just because he's raising up other countries. So we're excited about that too. And Pastor Bill, it might be a good time to talk about Wednesday night and uh, Missions Connect because I know we're going to hear a little bit more then and have an opportunity to... Yes, once a month uh, we take our Wednesday night and we shut down our classes and we come and we pray. You've already heard already the importance of praying for our missionaries. And so what's really awesome about this Wednesday night is we have four of our missionaries that will be here, uh, that are here. And so 7 o'clock Wednesday night is our Missions Connect. Join us in the chapel as we pray for our missionaries and the regions of the world uh, where they are serving. Brad Rana, we are honored not just to have you here with us this week, but to, to call you friends and family. Calvary, would you show your appreciation for this family today?